0: Praise you, Father. I don't know if I've been on for a while. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you for your word that goes forth this morning in power and might. We must be so very, very conscious of everything we do in this hour. Of everything we say in this hour. Praise you, Father. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise you, Father. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In John 7, 38 and 39, it says, He that believeth on me As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Praise you, Father. The benefits of praying in tongues. Now if God, the Holy Spirit, literally creates the language in our spirit, what kind of prayer could it possibly be? What benefits could it possibly hold for us? For one thing, the Holy Spirit came into our spirit to bring us revelation knowledge. He was given to us to bring us revelation knowledge of the cross and everything that Jesus had become to us. Praise you, Father. I'm going to say this again. The Holy Spirit came into our spirit to bring us revelation, knowledge of the cross and everything that Jesus has become to us. Also, on the day that you and I spoke in tongues, a visible, powerful working of God's government came into operation within our spirit. God's government. A working power of knowledge of God's government. You know, we have the worldly government and we have God's government. And we need to understand what God God says. It doesn't really matter what the world says, but we need to understand what God says, especially in the hour that we live in. And we must be very conscious of all that he has to say and not conscious of all that's around us. More people are world conscious than they are God conscious in the hour that we live in. Which is, is sad because we find that in this hour that we live in, we find that it's, it's easier to speak forth the things that are going on in this, in this realm that, we're, that we live in, this world that we live in. The enemy still owns this world. I hope you understand that. You know, if, when we leave, when the Christians are raptured out of here, all hell will break loose because he still is the God of this world you all understand that? We are here for a plan and for a purpose in this hour, and there's not that much time left to fulfill all that God desires to fill in this hour. pastor knows that this is not a sermon that I have up here at all. Okay, so we're just going to move forward with what the Lord would have to say today. Praise you, Father. So we need to realize that as we... What we put our mind to, what we put our thoughts to, what we put our words to bring think, bring power to whether it is God and God's word and God's desires or whether it's the world and the world's word and the world's desires. So we must hold on to our tongue. You know, James talks about the tongue being a, a force that's hard to tame. You know, someone can look that up for me because I don't have that in front of me, but it talks about the tongue. We have to guard our tongue and we cannot guard our tongue unless we guard our thoughts. How many understand that? I know this is, you're probably going, where is she coming from this morning? A lot of prayer. If God, the Holy Spirit, literally creates a language in our spirit, what kind of prayer could it possibly be? What benefits could it possibly hold for us? What is the purpose of praying in the Holy Ghost? Paul said that he prayed in tongues more than you all or than than any of them. He spent his time praying in the Holy Spirit and writing the new, most of the New Testament. So I want you to, we really need to understand how st- strong and what a purpose there is when we pray in tongues, that the Spirit of God is able to reveal the knowledge of the, of the, of the Word to us. Things that have been mysteries up until this hour. And so I beseech you, brethren, to really take hold of what's being said this morning because you hold inside of you the precious Holy Spirit that desires to teach you, guide you, and reveal Jesus Christ and God's plans and purposes for this hour that we live in on this earth. For this very hour and this time that we're here for. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For one thing, the Holy Spirit came into our spirit to bring us revelation, knowledge of the cross, and everything that Jesus has become to us. Also, this spiritual power and authority is the means God gives us to overcome torment, worry, fear, and the hopelessness that can take over our lives when we move from one overwhelming situation to another. I'll say this again. The spiritual power and authority is the means God gives us to overcome torment, worry, fear, and the hopelessness that take over our lives when we move from one overwhelming situation to another. Continually losing ground. You know, I've found that in the hour that we're in, fewer and fewer people are praying in the Holy Spirit like they used to. You know, I don't know about you, but if I wasn't Talking or reading or doing so, I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And this is something that, you know, as I talk to other believers, they're not praying in the Holy Ghost like they used to. We need to pick it up. Because it's our responsibility that the world's, this nation is in the shape it's in. Not us here, but the body of Christ. I'll put it mildly because they quit praying. Especially after this last election people just kind of gave up. Well God is greater. God is greater. He's greater than than any circumstance or situation that can come, come by us. The Bible says in James, count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be entire wanting nothing. How do we do that? When you're, when you're in, a, in a world that in the natural looks hopeless, but in the spiritual all things are possible with God and God is not finished with us yet. I know one thing, as long as I'm here God is still moving and performing and perfecting everything that I put my hand to. Because the word says, everything I put my hand to shall prosper. Amen? But how many believe that anymore? Seriously, I'm, I'm, you know, every, everything that I put my hand to is supposed to prosper. We have to get our thinking out of the carnal realm and bring it into this spiritual realm immediately how does how does God think well let's t- let's take a little example of how God thinks here He knew the children of Israel because of their disobedience were going to be walking for forty years so there wasn't Macy's or pennies or anything around there. They didn't have, you know, I don't think they pitched all their needles and thread or whatever they had and decided they were going to make clothes out there. God provided for them their clothes, their shoes, and everything they had lasted. He provided the food. He provided the heat. He provided the cool. He provided everything. We have to come to the place where we expect God to provide everything we need. Do you all hear where I'm coming from here this morning? You're going, well, this is the weirdest thing she's ever done. Well, it might be, but we have got to have a change in our thinking, a change in our confession, and a, and a change from the inside out. Amen? Immediately. Not just yesterday, not a week ago, right now. And I haven't heard one good thing on the news, so why listen to it? This is our news right here. Dan, hold up your Bible so I don't have to reach mine up, okay? Praying in the tin tongues always affects us in a positive way. I have never, ever, ever prayed in tongues and felt lousy after. Never, never have I prayed in tongues and felt like, oh dear me, I can't make it through another day. No, it uplifts you. Amen? So think of it, it always affects us in a positive way. God says that it edifies us. 1 Corinthians 14.4 If, if um, s- pastor can gra- grab a mic. Well, I'll go ahead and do it. it would be easier. 1 Corinthians 14.4 Praying in tongues affects you in a positive way. Amen? So, I can tell you why there are so many people in the world that are on antidepressants. I'm talking in the body of Christ. More so than they've ever been is because they're not praying in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. You ready? He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. He that speaks in in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. So every time you speak in tongues, you edify yourself and you improve yourself. That should give you the desire to pray in tongues all the time because you know that you're edifying yourself and improvement is coming to every circumstance and situation that you're going through. Amen? Hallelujah. Jude 20. You know, when you read through Jude, you... You're actually, when you start reading through Jude, you would think that this was the days that we're living in. Let's, let's, read, let's read a little bit about this, okay? One book, one chapter in this whole book. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. You need to earnestly contend for the faith in every circumstance and situation that you find yourself in earnestly which was once delivered unto the saints for there are certain for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of god into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance that once you once knew this, how the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, Hath now reserved; he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Those are the ones that decided that they were going to follow Satan, and even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, and the man are giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise. Also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not being against him, and railing accusations, but said, The Lord rebuke you. You know, more of us need to, when we're dealing with things, I can't remember. Maybe, Pastor, you can remember the, the scripture in Isaiah, that I wrote on, in, on my page this week. Isaiah, where it says that we are to, I think it was 47, I'm not sure. We need to start rebuking things when we see them. How many rebuked anything this week? Anybody? Did you walk into work and rebuke something that you didn't like? When you saw something was going on, how many did that? Or you saw somebody that was totally against, against the Spirit of God and what you were trying to do, did you rebuke it? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Not out loud. You can say it under your breath. You can walk in a room when you see strife and discord and whatever and rebuke it. Hallelujah. This is Michael the archangel that said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those which they know not, but that they know naturally as brute beasts and those things that corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone into the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam and for the reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor." These are spots in your feast of charity when the feast with you feeding themselves without clear clouds. They are without water carried about of winds trees who whose fruit without without fruit twice dead plucked up by roots raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame wandering stars to whom is reserved for the blackness and darkness forever. I have never heard of so many doctrines out there in the body of Christ that. And I, let's see, November 7th, 1971 is when I got saved. There are more doctrines of devils out there right now in the church than I've ever seen in my life. And people are sucking it up. Why? I'm talking p- to spirit-filled people. Why? Because they aren't praying in the Holy Ghost. They're, they've allowed the cares of this world to suck them in. The Bible says, as the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the world of the Lord be. Noah was mocked continually. Let me tell you, the body of Christ is being mocked continually. We are hated. How many know that? And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon them all. And they're convinced that they are ungodly among them and all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and of their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurs. Now listen, this is what's going to happen in the last days. Don't get caught up in it. Murmurs, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouths speaketh great swelling words, having men's put persons in admiration because of advantage. But behold, remember, ye are the words, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you they should be mockers, there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after, the, after their own ungodly lust, there, these be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved. Listen how he tells us to keep ourselves protected. But ye, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ on eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference on others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glorified and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. How important is praying in tongues? Right slap dab in the middle of this thing he says, But ye beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, there are sometimes times that conversations go on that you don't want to be a part of. And the best thing that you can do if you're amongst Christians is just, I'll tell you what, it'll stop every conversation right there. Amen? So as we look at this, we look at, at, at the Holy Spirit, we under, need to understand that the one whom the Father turned us over for our instruction to the one whom we can lend our spirit in prayer is the Holy Spirit. We can lend our sp- He has totally infilled us. God gave us the Holy Spirit to pray through us. I mean that is so powerful church. I don't know if you realize that when you are praying in the Holy Ghost you actually have part of the Godhead in you, praying through you. That's so powerful. You know, I hear so many people saying in this hour, and myself included, I'm tired. I'm tired. You know, the more you say I'm tired, the tireder you get. How many realize this? (laughs) I mean, I have heard more people in the last three months say I am tired than I've ever heard In my life. And I have a long life here. Amen? We won't count ages this morning, will we, dear? We should consider it our privilege and heart's desire to look ourselves away, to lock ourselves away with the Holy Spirit in prayer. Lock yourselves away with him. He wants to show you the mysteries that God has for us in this hour. Do you know that he has, our life has already been planned out. It's already been spoken into existence. Everything that we are to do has been spoken into existence. Now we need to pray that out through the Holy Ghost. And he will reveal the word to us and reveal exactly what we are to do in, in this last stretch of our life hallelujah isn't it good to know that we're not just in the beginning but we're in the last stretch here glory to God I don't know about you but I'm real happy about that we get out of here soon (laughs) thank you father let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 a second And I'm going to read Ephesians 4 through 10 through 13. So God's design for the working of the body of Christ. He, Jesus, that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. I'm starting in verse 10. That he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure and the statue of the fullness of Christ." So God wants us in the fullness of Christ. Amen? There is a fullness in him that we have been given, but we have got to receive it. We have got to pull it in. Hallelujah. So what is Paul saying in in Ephesians 4? Well, to understand that, We need to go to 1 Corinthians 12.27 really quick. You know, God does everything for a reason and a purpose. How many realize that? He just doesn't throw things out there one day and say, Well, you know what? I think I'll do it this way today. No, it has already been planned and spoken into existence. You know... Pastor and I have shared about Brother Hagen. One time he stood up and started to prophesy about the election. Remember that? And everybody, you know, when a person prophesies, you think many times that that is for right now. Well, I truly believe what he said was for what we're going through right now. But it was back there in the 80s. And during that time, he also spoke about a remnant And I I remember shaking my head because the Word of Faith movement was the most popular movement going on. I don't want to call it a movement, but people were, unfortunately, I'm going to be real honest here. Unfortunately, a lot of people were getting involved in the Word of Faith movement for what they could get. And that wasn't the whole plan there. It was to teach the Word, the uncompromised Word of God. And when people, when it, you know... They wanted it right now, like running through the In-N-Out burger. You know, I speak it, I confess it, it's going to happen immediately, but they weren't willing to put any work into it, put the word of, word of God into it and work out, work out their salvation with fear and trembling. But anyway, I remember him standing and talking about the last days and what it was going to be like and how there was only going to be a remnant of word of faith people, true word of faith people, praying that would turn it around. Why? Because they know the word. And you see more and more people are sliding away from the truth in this hour. In crazy doctrines. I mean, there was, I think I was sharing with Terry that there was a few years ago, a very well-known woman in the body of Christ that started teaching, and she was a word of faith, married to a well-known gentleman, that started teaching that God was a woman. How long did it take before she died? You think a year? I thought it was months. Matter of months. Whatever. So let's look at this in Corinthians twelve, twenty-seven. Is this making any sense to you at all today, I hope? Or am I just flying off the we can just pray in tongue? <laughs> you need to know this and you need to know it now because Well, let's go 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven. now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it each part severally as distinct each with his own place and function for so God has anointed some in the church for his own use and he goes on first apostles messengers prophets inspired preachers expounders teachers wonder workers and those with the ability to heal the sick, helpers, administrators, speakers in different unknown tongues are all apostles and he goes on to say no. Okay. So you see the you see another set of gifts here as we look at them. So we see that Paul was saying in Ephesians 4 10 to 12 and he's talking about here in Corinthians where Paul says something very similar. he says, "Now we are the body of Christ. As you look over some of these gifts you need to that I just went over, you'll see yourself in here. those with the ability to heal the sick. Um, helpers, the ministry of helps, administrators. Special messengers, inspired preachers, okay? You know, if you have the gift, if God has endowed you with the gift to heal the sick, you need to stir that gift up in you and go forth and do what he has is, he is placed in you to do. In other words, whenever someone around you says, I'm sick, I don't feel well, whatever, God has put you there for a purpose and a reason. That doesn't mean you just run over there and lay hands on them suddenly, but you can go up and just touch somebody, you know, like just, I know, just touch them and, you know, shake their hand, whatever, and pray. If God has given you that gift, then he's given you that gift to administer with. If you have the gift of administration, if he's given that to you, everywhere you go, you're going to be able to yield yourself over to the Holy Spirit and use that gift. Amen? Think of work. You know, some people will have millions of dollars running through their hands and they will know what to do with it when others don't. You know, it's a gifting. It is from God. Understand that in this hour, okay? Praise you, Father. those in the fivefold ministry are supposed to supply the body of Christ this is our job those that are in the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4:12 our job is to s- supply the body of Christ with the revelation knowledge they receive from the Lord they are to minister the word of God to bring the saints from spiritual milk to strong meat That's in Ephesians 4.12. They are to minister the word of God to bring the saints from spiritual milk to strong meat. In this way the saints can mature until their transformation is complete. You should get excited here because we have very little time left. That means your transformation is going to be completed. But how do you get there? You've got to be in the Word and you have to be praying in the Holy Ghost. When you take the scriptures from today, you take them home and you pray them out in the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to go ahead and um, start. See what time it is before I start anything. I'm going to go ahead and start this series but I certainly won't finish this sermon it's the single mind I wanted you to get that so you could get this in James 1 1 8 let's turn there the nugget of today is if we measure our love if we were measured by our love what size would it be Whoa! think of that if you were measured by your love what size would it be you know, think on a think of a a ruler. Every day it might be different. Amen. It depends on how nice people are to you sometimes, but it should always be 100%. Can you grab that for me, Dan? I'm really sorry. James one one through eight. Are so you gonna do two sermons this morning? Yep. I just want us to really start praying in the Holy Spirit, because if we don't... This is how I've always looked at it. If I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to be speaking some other stupid thing. Amen? James 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered abroad by, among the Gentiles, in the dispersion, greetings, rejoice. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. How many of you counted that wholly joyful this week? Or did you murmur and complain? Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bringeth out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let, it, let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play, And do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach or fault finding. And it will be given him, only it must be in faith that he asked without favoring without wavering no hesitation no doubting for the one who wavers hesitates doubt is like the billowing surge of the sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed to the world for truly let not a, such a person imagine that he will receive anything for he he asked for from the lord for being as he is a man of two minds hesitating dubious irresolute he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and does. Stop. We're going to go through this really quick. And don't sit and say, I know people like this, but you're going to understand why they are like they are. Okay? This last verse. For being as he is, he is a man of two minds. Don't look up the football scores, okay? Okay? He's a man of two minds, hallelujah. Hesitant, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything. He thinks, feels, and decides. Some of you have people like that in your family and at work. Take this scripture out and study it, please, and you will have a greater understanding of where they are. How many have ever known people that are unreliable and undependable and unstable? Well, this is why. How many have ever wanted to choke one? Don't raise your hand. The root of patience. The root... For patience is anger. The single mind is the mind ruled by the word and controlled by the force of patience. You wrote this. The root of patience is anger. Check it out. Okay, I'll check you that. Luke twenty-one 11. <laughs> I'm on my other sermon. But I will do this because I said I would Luke twenty-one eleven. Check it out. I'm check checking it out. Making a list. Okay. Luke twenty-one, eleven through nineteen. You ready? And great earthquakes shall be in the diverse places and famines and pestilence and fearful. Sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, there shall, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues. Well, I can see where he's come from. And into prisons, being sought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which, you, which, of, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. It's pretty good. I've got to go further. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents And brethren, and kinsfolk, and family, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not a hair on your head perish. Hallelujah. Well, that would be it. The root for patience is anger. We're going to be in verse 16, betrayed by these. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Don't be surprised if if people don't like you. You know, you can't say Jesus didn't warn you. Amen? Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we... Have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Through him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. And let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Praise you, Father. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity and character, approved faith and tried integrity and character that of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Wow. Does this sound familiar? Does it sound like what we're going through right now? Just does to me. That's number one. A man of two minds, James eight in Luke 11:17 this is really important in this hour you know when things are miserable out there it's easy to get in strife in your house how many know that Luke 11:17 but he Knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and the house divided against itself falleth. A house divided against itself will fall. This is the basic truth of double mindedness. Without receiving from God, failure is inevitable. This is why it's so important, church. Before I ever got to this sermon, God wanted us to understand the purpose and reasoning for praying in tongues. Three, a double-minded tries to live on faith and fear at the same time. The five foolish versions were not sold out. They played the field. A double-minded, A. I'll serve God as I can, but I do have to make a living. B. The Word ruled mind. I'll do whatever God says, and He'll meet my needs. C. In Luke 10 38 through 42. Now, while they were on their way, it occurred that Jesus entered a certain village and a woman named Martha received and welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me and lend a hand and do her part along with me. But the, but the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. There is a need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage which shall not be taken away from her. What was her good portion? I'm asking for comments out here. When you look at Martha and you look at Mary. Wanted to hear what he had to say. Amen. She chose to be with the Lord instead of busily waiting on them. You know, Jesus, this is the part that when you think about this, and then I'm going to let pastor do it. I'm going to receive the offering, and then pastor has something. Jesus could have fed them all. I want you to think about this, because she was busy running around doing whatever. He could have said, what do you have to eat in the house? After he was done and said, go and just break it and we'll all eat. Think about this. We so, try so hard and we miss out on so much. That's just a thought I want to leave with you okay there's several things here the calendar that